Even though you've been raised as a human being, you are not one of them. They can be a great people color when they wish to be. They only lack the light to show the way. For this reason, above all, their capacity for good, I have sent them you, my only son. all you get because they'll kick us off youtube most likely there it is welcome in we're doing <laughs> it's the cinema night podcast hey. i wish i could play that song what a great theme we'll get into that there is something good with this movie at least one thing would be good about this film i don't know if it's gonna wow. be more than one good thing or not we're gonna find Michael. out when we dive into superman returns for our does it hold up focus but first, here we are, cinemanipod at gmail.com. Send us an email. We have an email that we need to read, actually. Uh, Travis Roy and Eric Branstrom are here. Travis, it's Thursday. Now, we've gone back and forth before, but we're going to Thursdays now. It's official? You you, you tell me, Chief. Is it is it official? I think <laughs> well, it is. Well, is it? Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. I mean, as far as I know, we are now switched back to Thursdays, just in time for me to get used to it being on Wednesdays, of course. And have it stop because remember, like when we first switched, we were constantly like, "It's like fucked with my whole sense of what day it is." And we kept on thinking the next day was Friday. I remember, I yes. So I kind of just stopped doing that. So looking forward to that again. Just go. Can you go back to the previous settings you had? If you have like a default settings for Travis Roy. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'll. I'll. I'll have to log in on my laptop instead of on my phone. But yeah, I, I'll, yeah. I can click those. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll toggle those switches. Or flip those widgets. Toggle those switches. Hey, well, we're going to be back on Thursdays, 7.15. We st- oh, there's a dog there. What's up, buddy? What's what's going on with this dog here? That's a cute dog. Why are you Show talking like that? I don't know why I talked like that. <laughs> guys see that Willow trailer? Kevin Pollack is no, back. No, you got problems. Oh, uh, you know what? We should have checked this. We're live on the Hello? air, but I think you got serious. Oh, there we go. Now it sounds like you. Oh. Yeah. Hello. Hello. What's the problem yeah. here? Yeah. Uh, it was very distant. Yeah, now it sounds like you. I gotta be this yeah. close to the yeah. mic? Well, no. Not usually. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you see the Willow trailer? Kevin Pollock is back as the brownie. You, you don't I have, have to not be on top seen of it. that. You don't have to be oh. on top of it. Yeah. Well, it sounds oh, good, though. You do sound really good there. Right. I will say that. So. All right. well, yeah, I can hear you there, though. You don't have to, though, is what I'm saying. You don't have to, like, make love to it. 
Um, yeah. You know, let me, let me ch- has Go Will ahead, dropped yeah. yet? Has, has, has any episode? I thought that there was like an episode or two that are out. No, not yet. Looking forward to it. I just haven't, uh, I guess I haven't checked to see when those dates are. Uh, yeah, you know, let me look into that because yeah. that's going to be a big deal. Uh, Eric, can I recommend real quick that you just double check your settings because I'm getting some feedback. Uh, I know we're live, so it's awkward, but mm-hmm. just double check real quick. While I look up Willow, release date is November 30th, which, yeah, so I guess it is there. Okay. Audience, right. I'm wondering, what, what is more awkward, the, the guy checking his uh, volumes or the guy Googling shit on the show? Uh, send us an email. Oh, Googling shit on a podcast <laughs> is standard as fuck. If you're Joe Rogan, I mean I Joe Rogan's <laughs> that guy who uh, works with Joe Rogan is like a millionaire now because all he does, yeah, all he does is Google shit. So, yeah, that's shit. I uh, that's not a convincing podcast in my estimation. But what do I know about well, Joe Rogan? Very little, thankfully. Uh, I yeah, guess so- not. As I was saying, you can email us at cinema9podcast at gmail.com or is it cinema9pod at gmail.com? Which one is it? Cinema9pod. Cinema9pod at uh, gmail.com. The succinct uh, and concise. So you, we, got, we, got, we got an email? Succinct. Yeah, we got an email from Steve. What's up, Steve? Uh, oh. Steve was just texting me earlier, and here's how it goes. The feature takes a dip into a lackluster, gluttonous wasteland. Travis gets up and starts doing other things. Folds laundry. Branchup doesn't bother to pause as he moseys over to the can for a spot of relief. Govier fast forwards. What's different? Govier exercises agency and stems the bleed instead of accepting his fate? Question mark. These methods all seem valid in a laterally productive sort of way, and I support the gamut. Got to go to the show where the good times are. It's more fun at MJR, which is uh, <laughs> includes the MJR trailer, which you can uh, watch on YouTube. He's offered up a link. What's it like to attract more than double MJR subscribers? Have a big night out. So we're doubling up MJR subscribers? Wow. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Wait, last time I was at the movies... I, I went. I went to MJR, and and you know I've been going to MJR theaters like my whole life, and this had never happened to me before. But when I was at this particular theater, I, I, I missed the memo because it was like the whole fucking audience. But every time it, you know in the the commercial at the start of the of the show, the more than just a movie, it's a big night out. Everybody sang that part and clapped and like clapped along <laughs> with it like both times, and it was like the whole audience was doing it, like they all knew. And I was like, I didn't know that. This was a thing that people did. I've been going to the movies a whole bunch at MJR's and never had that happen before. Isn't that weird? I've never seen that. I'm really looking forward to it. Have you seen that, Eric? They still have the big pop. I remember laughing at the big pop. No, the big pop has moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, here he is. Look at this. Sup, studs? Yeah, fucking studs. (laughs) Fucking studs. It's so funny that he brought up studs. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, we made fun of ourselves. Documentary on yourself. (laughs) <laughs> but don't share anything. Yeah, try to mm-hmm. kind of make a documentary about yourself, but really don't reveal anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Willow is something that I, I'm going to have to sit down and really kind of absorb this because it seems like a good opportunity for a show to be made out of it. You know, it's the kind of thing we only got one movie out of, so there's okay. a lot of opportunity to go into other areas of the Willow world. Right, Travis? I have been looking forward to this for some time. I mean, as a kid, I was like, oh, they're going to make more. No, Travis, they're not going to make more. They're going to wait 25 Sorry. years or 30 years or whatever and then make a TV show. So I'm I'm on board. No Val, but I'm still on board. Yeah. Is there a, a Mad Morgan character? Do you know this, Eric? 
I'm not. I, I don't know, if you know about this, me, but I'm not a Willow fan. I think Willow is a terrible <laughs> film. Yeah, you've said this on the show before. Ah! It's just I'm not going to watch the series. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just think of you because I bought that stupid ass. Uh, that stupid uh, monster. I know. I yeah, know. the two two headed snake head monster I at the toy store in Chicago. Went down eighty dollars for it in disbelief. Eighty dollars. Yeah. I spent a l large amount of money on that stupid thing. I got it in the box, though. It was the original box, too. It was So I thought, like, oh, this is so cool. And, of course, I don't know where the fuck that thing is now. So. <laughs> of course. Naturally. It was only seven years ago. It wasn't, like, 20 years ago, either. So it's, damn it. Well, I make mistakes every day, guys. I got a lot of problems. I Willow make mistakes woes. Again yeah, and again. Mad Willow, Willow woes. woes. We also had a bus driver named Willow. Uh, that was my <laughs> yeah. original bus driver. Yeah, so. only, only it wasn't that she looked like Willow, right? I thought it was more that she looked like the witch because, because you know, everyone would walk because we called her Willow because, like, you get no, on the bus she, and everyone would go, Willow, Willow, off, go. She yeah, short. she looked like Willow, yeah, she, she had like the haircut. Tall, it really, she all like she, Willow. I never yeah, saw it. The hair. It was really just the hair. I never saw it. I always thought that she looked like the, the you know, the witch lady, the older woman. Uh, yeah, but I never yeah. really understood. Yeah. But I, I I joined in when I got on the bus. I dutifully said "Willow" uh, to her, and she Dude, you say yeah. dutifully, <laughs> and yet she was so mad every time someone someone would refer to a, as Warwick Davis as Willow. Yeah, she looked like Warwick Davis, man. It's an yeah. unfortunate. I mean, Warwick Davis is not an ugly man, but if you're a woman, I guess maybe you might <laughs> take offense to that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean. I'm a man, and I think that there's, I mean, nothing against old Warwick, but I think there's other people I'd rather personally be compared to. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, Sheriff. Either shit way, on me. Uh, shit on me. I will be checking out Willow when I get a chance, of course, because uh, Willow's fun for me. There's a lot of stuff that we're going to check out heading into December here, because it is December 1st, and yes, we're going to have some... Sure, there's going to be some holiday movie selections that will continue forth here on the Cinema Nine podcast. Uh, next week, we've got a guest. He's a very, very influential Hollywood type. So it's going to be our privilege to have on a friend of ours who has made it. Really, yes, he's in the movies. He makes movies. Is that too ridiculous a claim? No, that's what he does. Not going to press him. Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't, don't uh, intimidate him to divulging <laughs> any future projects that I'm getting worried about. <laughs> Okay, well, either way, yeah, we'll have our friend on next week, Paul. He's a great guy, and yeah. it's so great to see him this year at this year's Feast, which is our annual kind of uh, gathering of friends, and I hadn't seen him in a long time, and he's going to be on our show next week. And, Travis, do you have his film selection? I do, indeed. I'm excited. Okay, can't wait to find out what that is at the end of the show. That'll be a real hoot for those of you that like to learn about what movie we'll do in a week from now, which is usually how it works. Seven days, you get to watch a film. And then we'll review it and dive into the details. Does it suck? Is it bad? Why? Music, acting, direction, all that crap. We cover as much as we can here on the Cinema 9 Pod. Steve, thanks for your email. I'm glad you're here, Steve. You're on Twitch. We don't have a lot of Twitch commenters, so this is rare when someone watches us on Twitch. But we do exist on Twitch, so you can find us there, Cinema 9 Pod. All right, uh, let's get into our quarantine viewing picks. Uh, Travis Roy, you have control of the board. I do. And, you know, it is December 1st, and I started this morning with my Christmas music podcast uh playlist which i've been waiting to do but uh so you know i've but i've been oh you got muted so i guess society got pissed i'm sorry yeah the, the cord on my microphone has gotten i need to replace it it's gotten loose if i if i touch it or breathe on it wrong it uh it 
unplugs and everything goes to shit. Ridiculous. Uh, but as I was trying to say, I've been splurging on Christmas films for several days. I waited until you know the day after Thanksgiving and then jumped in uh, full bore. I was in, speaking of Thanksgiving, I was in West Virginia with my family. So I watched a, a couple uh, things down there, you know, PT&A, every Thanksgiving, got to check in with PT&A. Uh, we did four Christmases because my mom and uh, stepfather, that's their favorite Christmas movie, which is funny to me, but uh, it is a good Christmas movie. It's just funny to me for some reason that it's their favorite. I'm like, I mean, they love It's a Wonderful Life, too, but their second favorite is easily <laughs> four Christmases. Uh, you know, I checked out Ooh. in Connecticut from 1945. I absolutely loved it. Just so much fun. Uh, a delightful, really sweet, uh, I think should be up there with a lot of the Christmas classics from that era that people are into. I mean, if, if you like, you know, Miracle on 34th Street and It's a Wonderful Life and all that kind of stuff, and you've never seen Christmas in Connecticut, like, get your ass to Mars. Um, I, of course, checked out the Guardians Holiday Special. Did you guys watch the Guardians of Galaxy? Or, Mike, did you watch the Guardians of Galaxy Holiday Special? I have not seen that, no. Well, I, I, I was delighted, naturally. Um, I was happy with it. 45 minutes of fun. It was, it was nice to check in with those characters. Um, uh, speaking of classic Christmas movies, I watched the 1938 take on A Christmas Carol. That was a fun one to put on while I hung Christmas decorations and that kind of stuff. Um, checked in on... Sp- we are a big Christer, by the way. You know, you uh, people should know <laughs> that about Travis. You, no, that's not actually true. All hail Jesus Christ's birthday, December 25th. So. Uh, you, you know, one of the things I like about Christmas and Halloween both is that they predate their names. Um, these holidays have been celebrated by pagans for centuries, uh, well before they were even called what we call them today. Um, so I, uh, I, oh. I, I, I take it from that stance. It's a winter solstice, solstice kind of thing. Who doesn't like who doesn't like Christmas music and trees and lights and presents and shit? Right? Eggnog? Anybody like eggnog? Dude, I bought my second carton today. I'm gonna just keep on packing <laughs> on the pounds. <laughs> I love eggnog. Yeah, Spike I do. it? You just drink eggnog. Right I'll, out of the I'll do it either way. I'll, I'm a wild card. Wow. Yeah, I'll just, yeah. I'll just, you know, rip it right out of the carton and just fuck. dump it down my face. What the fuck I, is I don't go that far. Like, um, what is it? It's uh, nog made from egg. The fuck is nog? It's eggnog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Uh, nog was a character in Willow, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> nog was like the the nogs invaded. No, I've mm. had one eggnog I really liked one year, and I can't find it since. It was a cinnamon flavored one. It was really good, wow. and it really hit the spot that year. But I haven't had it since. Well, Southern wow. Comfort makes a fine eggnog. Ooh. I mean, n- n- not okay. mixing the. It doesn't come with Southern Comfort in it. It's just from the company. Oh. It's just non-alcoholic ah. eggnog. What? Yeah. Okay, that's a surprise. Interesting. Oh yeah, that's great. Um, anyways, speaking of Christmas movies, because that's all I watch pretty much. I watched Spirited, the new um, Apple Christmas movie with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. <sighs> yeah, not not for me. Um, <laughs> they serve, I mean, like overly long. It's like two hours and 15 minutes or something. <laughs> um, kind of depressing in some ways, but also like. <laughs> I, you know, I like a good musical, but I wouldn't. I didn't really like any of the songs, so it's just like uh, I don't know. I, I was pretty not into it throughout the throughout the entirety of the film. On the other hand, I have to wholeheartedly disagree with my co-host Eric Brandstrom, Bring who, it. who demanded that anyone who liked the film A Christmas Story Christmas tell him oh, what on. scenes that they actually liked. Sure. I'm not going to do that. I don't have to fucking justify to you what scenes I was amused by in this movie, but I can tell you that I. 
thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a fitting sequel, especially being that like it was so long after the fact. Um, it's really hard to, to do that, but I felt like um, it was true to the original and that it had vignettes. It had um, these Ralphie moments when he kind of spaces out and, and has his fantasies, but I also didn't feel like it was dipping, like leaning only on nostalgia, which you clearly did because you fucking hated it. Like you were beside yourself and we all heard that. So I, I know how you feel. Uh, um, and maybe, in fact, your expectations stripped mine down or your, you know, you, what you said may have stripped my expectations down some, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I could watch more of these things from this crew. I, I, I didn't get the hate. Um, lastly, but not leastly, I've got an episode and a half to finish. I didn't quite get to finish it tonight, but I'm finishing up Dead to Me season three, uh, oh. which is the final season of this show. This great, great show. I just love this show so much. I mean, Linda Cardellini is awesome, and she's fantastic in this. But I'm a, I've said it before on the show. I mean, I just fucking I just I just love Christina Applegate so much, and this is probably her tour de force and. Uh, I'm almost sad that I only got an episode to have to finish up, but uh, it's uh, great. So uh, check that out uh, if you've never. Uh, if he's doing the whole the full Diane Keaton wail for us. Di- oh! Lying in bed crying. Um, yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it was fantastic. I, I love that to me. But so uh, yeah, then that's the only non-Christmas thing I watched this week besides Superman Returns, of course. Hmm. Okay. Also, uh, okay. So dead to me. The new season just came out, right? It's pretty recent. Yeah, within the past two weeks or week. Okay. Leanne brought it up. She said, hey, someone said I should start watching the show. So we fired up the first episode. So I, I have not seen the whole show, but I, we did watch the first episode, and I'm interested, and I will continue down that path. It's a good path. I look forward. Yeah, I look forward to good things happening. Also, I just had this thrown in my face today. There's a Super Mario Brothers, like Super Mario the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, animated. Yeah, Chris Pratt. I watched like 25 seconds of the trailer, but it was no sound. It just kind of came up in my oh. feed. Mm, I was yeah. like, what the fuck? This looks like a video game. Like, like the thing about Sonic is that, yeah, he's a digital character, but he's in the real world. I, I don't know. For some reason, it's not that much of a leap for me for a video game and a character to look that much different. I don't know why it bothered me, but I, I guess I want to try to see like real world creations of video game characters because otherwise it just looks like the video game to me. I don't know why mm. that was, but it bothered uh, me. I didn't. Th- yeah, I, I, that's an interesting point. I didn't think of that. So I watched the trailer. And I'm like, oh, why? Why? Who cares about this? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, it's Illumination Studios and they do gorgeous animation, Despicable Me films. I liked the trailer. I was like, shit. Like, Jack Black is Bowser and, like, Charlie Day is Luigi. Oh. And, like, I like, I, Chris Pat seemed fine to me. Like, his expectation wasn't, like, offensive, but it was kind of there in some places. I I think it looks like a lot of fun just to throw on. So, I don't know. Hmm. Travis, any commentary on that? Uh, not a theater watch, but as soon as it's streaming on whatever, yeah. I'll, of course, give it a shot. Yeah, I don't know what it was. And it never struck me. I hadn't even thought about it once, but when I saw the trailer, I'm like, okay, it's a video game that looks like the video game because video games look that good now. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. I don't know why it was so odd for me, but I'm not excited. <laughs> I'm not that fired up. And then I also thought, Jesus, what a franchise they've been sitting on. I know yeah. Super Mario Brothers from yeah. 1993 was a train wreck, but it's surprising to me that it's taken this long for them to start to cash in because you know they love money, so it's weird in a way. I think I think we have Sonic to thank for that, which 
again, we also have the people, the fans, who corrected the uh, mistake. That, That's that right. Because uh, that movie would have fucking floundered had they not re-done <laughs> the the, uh, the film. And then I think people felt kind of personally invested. Like, oh, shit, we kind of made them do this. I guess we should go mm-hmm. see this movie. And, <laughs> of course, it turned out to be good. So yeah, uh, all of those. Great. Yeah. Uh, so all of those things combined, I think that's what they're like. Well, shit, what other, you know, what other property we've we been sitting on? Well, here, here's an obvious one. Oh, hey, I think I know who this is. Amanda says eggnog has origins in posset, which was a medieval British drink of hot milk mixed with wine or ale. You asked what eggnog was, and our friend Amanda, uh, she knows. Nailed it. She is a she knows her food and drink. Look, no, I'm yeah. going to ask that. Amanda what the fuck posset is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've never heard of that either. Thank uh, you, Amanda. Amanda will be a guest on our show as well soon. So. Yeah. Looking forward to a lot that. of guests. Yep, gonna We're going to have a whole bunch of guests in 2023. It's going to be a lot of fun, and yeah. we look forward to having her on. Uh, all right, Eric, back to you. Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack your segment. Uh, I celebrate Thanksgiving with uh, the parade, the dog show, as yep, I always yes. do, and then Same. Son of a Woman, man. Uh, I always come back every year. Son of a Woman's kind of my Thanksgiving movie. It never gets old for me. It's an absolute classic. And this stuff, this is the fucking 30-year anniversary. It's unbelievable. Wow. 30 years. 30 years. 30 yeah. years. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, what else can you say? Amazing. Uh, Cape Fear, 1962, man. Uh, been on a Bob Mitchum kick lately, uh, and it's fantastic. It's, wow. it's, it's different enough from Scorsese's remake that it's definitely worth watching. It's not just the same movie that Marty remade. A um, lot of fun. Travis, I want to recommend uh, Holiday Affair to you if you're, like, doing Christmas classics. I watch this every Christmas, too. It's Robert Mitchum and Janet Lee, kind of a romance in New York during Christmas time. I think 1949. I think you'd you'd quite like it quite a bit. I will write that a down. A butthead! A butthead! Yes. I mean, That's by talking, Robert Mitchum. Yeah, if you're talking Mitchum in a holiday movie, obviously oh. you're going to think it's true. A butthead! I call me your flat butthead. I don't know, but it's not pretty rude to me. Yeah, definitely. I also watched, while I was putting up my tree, a, a, a couple of Dean Martin Christmas specials on wow. YouTube. <laughs> These are bonkers. They're hammered. Him and Frank Sinatra are fucking plastered drunk out of their minds on scotch, trying to celebrate Christmas with their families. Like, they have all their kids around, and they're just, like, fucking around, like, barely singing the songs. It's hilarious, <laughs> man. It's one of these specials, like, you'd think back in, like, the 70s, like, they're not going to re-air this. Like, this is the only time anyone's ever going to see this with this technology yeah. we have. But, no. They resurface, and it's fucking embarrassing and a lot of fun. Uh, Wednesday. Uh, I, I hit play on oh. Wednesday on Netflix, mostly yeah. because uh, Tim Burton directs a handful of the episodes, and when there, where there's Burton, there's Branstrom. So I had no qualms <laughs> about turning it on, and I, I like Jenna Ortega, and uh, the cast looked interesting. Louis Guzman is Gomez, and Catherine Zeta-Jones looks fucking fantastic, gorgeous, beautiful as more. Yeah, look at her. I saw her. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, Catherine Zeta-Jones in a big and role. I missed her. Yeah, and I missed her when when she came on the screen. I was like, fuck, where has she been? Because she's she has some real problems with depression and shit. She was very yeah, honest about some, that stuff. Um, yeah, some issues for sure. It was nice to see her back. Uh, limited capacity. Entrapment ass. Three... Entrapment ass. It's, I'm Entra- sorry. Growing up, Dude, if Guy still trailer. watching. Yeah, Guy yep. knows what I'm talking Never about. Never wanted to be yeah. a laser beam so bad in my life. <laughs> um, after three episodes out of like the eight, it's like, okay, 
It's like there's only there's only so many like macabre quips you can hear Wednesday reply to some like, person with. It's and, and the whole conceit is like she goes to like this like of course school for the gifted again, mm. and when you take this like bizarre grim classic character who's wholly unique and then surround her with like other people that are like her. <laughs> the mystique and like the 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 unique nature of her just disappears, and it's like who cares? I yeah, don't but get this. At the same time, and I haven't seen it, so I can't necessarily defend it. But they already did her around a bunch of normies with Adam's Family too, so Adam's Family values. So it's like, well, they already did that. If they, yeah. Yeah, but I, I love both of those movies, so just don't do it. <laughs> well, who's, just don't do it. Was there someone on this show who brought up this argument about how the Adams Family likes to do things that are, like, the opposite? There's, like, this opposite effect where, so, like, everything's dark and really fucked up, but then, like, it doesn't last because... The further you take it, you just can't make a PG or even a PG-13 movie out of it anymore. Was it one of you guys? Do you guys remember this? Or maybe it was Luke. I feel like uh, somebody was very strongly, strongly opinionated on the matter of the Adams Family and how it doesn't make sense what they do in those movies and really the whole thing. Lots of people are saying. Some people are saying. I don't think I'd ever look that harshly into uh, the Adams Family. I just, but overall, it's just like, this could have been a really, a a solid movie, like standalone movie about Wednesday, but... These like they keep stretching these simple stories out to like eight, ten hours, and it's like I'm exhausted. Who cares? Um, mm. So yeah, um, my pick of the week was Pearl. I, I watched the follow up to X. I rented it uh, now that it's on uh, digital, mm-hmm. and it's fucking awesome. It's really? fantastic, and I liked X, but I really, really liked Pearl. Uh, and I had my doubts. I'm like. Okay, I get it. The team already has their equipment, so they're like, oh, let's just let's keep rolling. We'll make an origin story for the hell of it. <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. It just yeah. seemed very like, oh, no, let's keep the fun going. Like, I got an idea. Why not? They're giving us money from 824. But it's a thoroughly fleshed out, incredible origin story a la, like, um, Joker. It reminded me a hell of Ooh. a lot of, uh, of Joker. And it it's fucking amazing. This girl, Mia Goth, I was blown away. If this was like... Mm, how do I say this? Do I say this? Do you? <laughs> yes, say it. I got a feeling if this was a... Ma- Oh, I, I just got cut off. Uh, power on my controversial comment. <laughs> I got a feeling if this was a male performer, everybody would be like blown away and like screaming to the high heavens dumping awards on her already but like sadly mm. this performance is kind of flown like going under the radar uh unjustly uh it's 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 superb this performance is so good not enough people are talking about it check it out man it's fucking awesome i i mean maybe it's because i'm in like the horror scene a little bit but i mean uh i feel like a lot of people have been talking about her performance in the in horror movies. scene right like, also- everyone should be yeah, but also it's a horror movie. I mean, they should be talking about horror movies more generally every year, right? I mean, like horror movies always kind of get pushed to the side in terms this of This is the Tony Collette argument. It's one of the best performances of the past 20 years and it, nothing, no nominations or anything for that performance. Right. This is yeah, the same no. thing. It's just going to skirt right. on by. And that's, I guess that's what I'm saying. Not, not that it's okay, but that I'm accustomed to it. Yeah, yeah, sadly. But that's it, man. Fucking loved Pearl. All right. <laughs> I'll check it out. Well, shit. You know what's fascinating is uh, 
shit on me. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, how so awful goodness if you is. if you type in Cinema Nine in Twitch, no, it doesn't show up. So apparently you can't put any spaces. I put Cinema not, Space Nine. That's not good. So I guess you Twitch is very big on not using spaces. So just put Cinema <laughs> Nine Pod with no spaces, oh. and you'll find it. Okay. Good to know. Why are they so literal? Come on, Twitch. Why are you so literal? What the hell, man? Really, I just wanted to see because Guile posted a, uh, a looks like an image, but it, it only shows up as a link in our chat over here. But you got to go to the Twitch chat to actually click on that image, and you got to be there. So these are things nobody else cares about, so we'll move forward from there. All right, let's see. I watched some things. Uh, Steve said, oh, Cinema 9 Pod. Oh, that's me chatting. Oh, my God, I'm chatting with myself. How meta is this? Ha, <laughs> ha. So I watched uh, the movie <laughs> Superman Returns, which we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah. And uh, I was finishing up some other ones that I watched on Netflix. There was that um, a really, really good documentary. It's called, uh, I think it's This Is Pop Music. Or Have you, have you seen this? Either one of you guys seen this? It says This Is Pop Music, I believe is what it's called. And... It is awesome. They do a whole episode on Boys to Men and how they came to be and how they brought back the combination of Motown Philly. Motown Philly's back again. Go, go. Oh, man. I used to have that cassette tape. It was awesome. It was a really, really good show. Strongly recommend it. Maybe it's on Canadian Netflix. I don't know, but I saw everybody it, yeah. should. It's on oh, you did Netflix. see it? Yeah, I saw it. It was just kind of bland. It was like a, to me, it's the first thing I thought of was behind the music in a way. I'm like, oh, we're doing behind the music again now, 20 years later? But it's a little different than that. So It's good, real good. And I watched the one on Swedish music and how all these Swedish writers are writing all this pop music, even to this day. Not just like ABBA and some of these other people, you might have no idea who they are, but there's a bunch of producers in Sweden who write all these pop hits for all these bands and boy bands and all this. A lot of trash too, but it's pop music and it's a big hit. And I didn't know anything about these people. By the way, Robbie Baseball says, uh, love the new, newer logo, guys. Hey, Robbie. Yeah, thank you. We love it, yeah. too. We really do. We're very pleased. It's simple, but classy all the way. Yep. And it's got that movie feel to it. I dig that. It do. It, it do be like that. Also, Robbie says, uh, was he did a show. Robbie's episode yeah. was <laughs> Fast and the Furious. So. Fast and the Furious. You can forget. Yeah, I know. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, that was right. So, uh, Cooley Eye Harmony. Damn right, boys to men. ABC BBD, the East Coast family. So, I really enjoyed This Is Pop. And I, I would like to recommend it to you. If you like music and learning about music, it's a good time. Ah, what else did I watch here? Uh, I love this. I did finally do Beyond Thunderdome. I said I watched the first two. So, I watched, I watched Beyond Thunderdome. And, boy, you got something brewing there. But... Those damn kids, man. The kids oh, ruined the whole yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. If they if they just stayed in Barter Town the whole yes. movie, it'd be great. But they got to deal with the, yeah, these fucking rats. You're right. Rats yeah. always sinking the ship. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, I did not expect that. I guess I didn't know what to expect with yeah. Mad Max. I did like the stupid mask they put on his head and sent him out into the desert. <laughs> that yeah. giant head. <laughs> so, yeah. So bizarre, but what's this? That's how I learned the word gulag. <laughs> ah, yeah, the gulag, right? Yeah. Once those kids showed up, Eric, yeah. uh, I, I really was. Master Blaster's fun, <laughs> but then Master, I mean, Master or Bla Blaster dies so early. So, yeah. spoiler alert if you've never seen this 40 year old movie, but that soundtrack. <sighs> yeah. 
that like clinking industrial score uh, is really cool. I don't I don't even know who did that. I didn't bother to look it up, but and and was, Tina Turner is fucking awesome in it. Why Tina she Turner. didn't do more is beyond me. Maybe she didn't right. like acting or something because there's a lot of sitting around. Maybe she didn't like that. I don't know, but uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. she's. I thought she was great in it. So campy, over the top. I love it. Yeah, but yeah, I think it was it was really fit the role. Yeah, so, yeah. I think the movie kind of sucks. I completely agree with what Travis just said. Once they leave Barter Town, it just kind of goes to hell, and there's a search for uh, Captain Walker or whatever the fuck that guy was. They're trying to find. Walker. But oh, oh, but two two key distinctions that even though the kids and their tribe sucks, they bring to the table in my mind. Two massive ripoffs came from this. First off, the way they talk, I'm telling you, man, I just have the true, true up in my brain nonstop. I was like, oh, my God, this is so Cloud Atlas. I just couldn't stop saying true, true for an hour after I watched Beyond Thunderdome because of those kids and the way they talk, you know? Yeah. And then the other thing I thought that got ripped off from Beyond Thunderdome was South Park. With their member berries, because that's how those kids talk. They're like, remember this, remember that. I'm like, oh my god, this is such a rip. I mean, Beyond Thunderdome, not good after about an hour, but those two things really seem like I don't know if Cloud Atlas was written before or after Beyond Thunderdome. I'll never know that for sure. But if only uh, we could Google, but not not during the show. No, no, we wouldn't do that during the show. That's not our style. We don't do that. That's uh, Joe Rogan does oh, that. That's, that's blase. Blase. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, those were two revelations. Not only did I watch Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and get familiar with Master Blaster and uh, pig shit, a lot of pig shit in that movie. (laughs) A healthy, healthy amount of pig shit. So, whoo, what a treat it was. I'm so glad I finally watched that one. And if I hadn't, I'd be missing out on pig shit. And I don't want to miss out on pig shit. It's an 80s gem. I mean, at least it's under your belt now. You you, you know the references and whatnot from it. So you're you're more culturally informed having watched it. Yeah, I mean, Master Blaster, annoying the way they talk. Master! <laughs> yeah. Embargo! Master Embargo! I, I don't know. Weird. Quite bizarre. You got to watch it if you've never seen it, people. Just watch oh, it yeah. once yeah. at the very least. And, uh, yeah, after that, I watched some movies that uh, I've seen before. So I guess... Uh, you know, I I love Hacksaw Ridge. It's just an incredible film, man. And Mel Gibson is a complicated figure in our world today. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the love affair that him and Vince Vaughn have gave us Dragged Across Concrete, which is a great film. We haven't talked about that in a while. Yeah, we. I know. We haven't, right? And then, but Hacksaw Ridge is just really good, man. I, it's a brutal fucking movie. I love Mel Gibson was an alcoholic and he's got problems he always has problems but i've always appreciated how raw he is when he shows war and violence like he he decides to just really show you what it's like and some of it is so graphic with fucking rats inside bodies and like you know gnawing on dead bodies across a field of death i mean this shit is war is horrible and i don't think we should dumb it down when we see it in movies it actually does get dumbed down and i understand why it does because we're already coming from a lens of the puritanical society that we created but i don't know I, I do appreciate that about him that he's willing to be honest about how brutal fucking violence and war are they're horrendous and we actually don't really get the full gist of it and i think if we did as a country we would be even more against war than we already are or a lot of people are yeah but at the same time we get like twitter feeds of of real life war now i mean like we see more real life images of war today than any 
anybody in history ever has, and it doesn't seem to be stopping war. Yeah, well, I guess if I'm speaking from more of a mainstream perspective, I guess, when I think of news coverage and all that shit, but you're right. No, if people really want to seek things out, you can see the brutal truth today as it is. You're right. Uh, okay, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, uh, oh, well, I watched a autofocus, which is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, Paul Schrader, we haven't talked about him in a while either. Exactly. That's why I brought it up because I'm like, oh, shit, this is a Paul Schrader movie. For some reason, it kind of escaped me because I've seen Autofocus a lot. I really enjoy Autofocus. I think it's a fun watch. It just ends on a dour note, uh, you know, but it's highly entertaining. Highly entertaining film. Willem Dafoe. I figured you love Willem Dafoe, so you've enjoyed his performance in Autofocus, Travis. Of course. I I love that movie. Uh, Now, if we talk about the movie Bully, I think we'll have covered almost all of our bases. Society a few times, and this is like a, a full bingo for Cinema Nine podcast. <laughs> Cinema Nine bingo. That's right. Paul Schrader and Society Bully. We did it. Okay, thank you very much. Oh, uh, there was one thing we did shit on me, but we also left out yep. kill your own kind. There we go. Now we've done it. So now, now I think we, we have the bingo. That's the bingo. That's up. the bingo. If you're playing the Cinema Nine, you gotta remember do your interview with the vampire joke. You're gonna head west. <laughs> Yay! Brian Cox, yes. Oh man, if somebody has actually listened or watched this whole series of shows. You hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, those jokes okay. would have made sense only in that case. <laughs> I guess uh, Steve thought it was more of a Robert Loja sounding. That's Brian Cox, but uh, Robert Loja. All, all of my impressions sound like uh, Al Pacino instead of a woman. <laughs> General gruffness. <laughs> General Gruffness reporting for duty. All right, there it is. Uh, make sure you email the show, cinemanipod at gmail.com. Give us a five-star review. We had a few reviews recently. We'd like to thank uh, those of you that gave us those reviews. That's great. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, and it doesn't cost you anything. So if you have an iPhone and you have, you can have Apple Podcasts, usually just built in. And if you don't have the app, you can download it. You, you can use it to listen to podcasts, but you don't have to if you don't want to. Either way. Wow. Thanks for the five-star review, guys. It helps the show grow. Yay! It really does. <sighs> All right, well. Okay. Now it's time to get to it. Uh, we've avoided it long enough. It's time for us to focus in on this week's selection, my choice, 2006 Superman Returns, directed by someone who's canceled and co-starring <laughs> someone who's canceled, Kevin Spacey and Brian Singer. Prison is a creepy place, Kitty. One needs to make creepy friends in order to survive. Even a man with my vast talents is worth less inside than a carton of cigarettes and a sharp piece of metal in your pocket. Do you know the story of Prometheus? No, of course you don't. Prometheus was a god who stole the power of fire from the other gods and gave control of it to mortals. In essence, he gave us technology. He gave us power. So we're stealing fire in the Arctic? Actually, sort of. You see, whoever controls technology controls the world. The Roman Empire ruled the world because they built roads. The British Empire ruled the world because they built ships. America, the atom bomb, and so on and so forth. I just want what Prometheus wanted. Sounds great, Lex. But you're not a god. Gods are selfish beings who fly around in little red capes and don't share their power with mankind. Also starring Brandon Routh as the titular titular character. Is that how people say it? Yeah, I believe he plays super bland. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. There it is, right off the bat. This movie movie is dedicated. This movie has a dedicated to Christopher 
and his wife. Uh, I don't remember his wife's name, though. Sorry, Christopher Dana. Reeve. Dana, thank you. It is dedicated to their memory. Although, maybe Dana Reeve's still alive? <laughs> no, it's dedicated to her because she passed about a year after Christopher uh, Preskin. Oh, shit. See, I, you, I shit, didn't know look that. at you. Yeah, look at you, the historian. Wikipedia. Well done. All right. That way we don't have to Wikipedia during the show. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> so, this movie came out in 2006. Travis, uh, did you see this movie before watching it for the show this week? And do you recall that time you saw it? Yes, because I, I saw it when it came out. Um, I, I think I skipped it in theaters. Um, or maybe I saw it in theaters and then on at home. But I'm pretty sure I only watched it the one time and then last night or two nights ago. And that's my story about that. That's of all the, I mean, this is episode 137. That has to be the most riveting <laughs> Travis remembers. Yeah, I watched the movie. Maybe I watched it twice. <laughs> Podcasting is really hard, guys. Oh, I see what uh, I see what Steve was trying to send me on the chat. There it is. Entrapment ass. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, there, it yeah, okay, that there it is. I figured that's what he probably was sending Legendary me. Legendary like 90s moment? Or was it like 2000? Button Hall of Fame. Right on the border there. Might be 2000, 99, 2000. I'm going to say that movie came 99. out 2000. Yeah, uh, we're stocking that shit. Yeah. <laughs> At Blockbuster, we stocked that. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that negotiator. Yep. Yeah. Oh, busy yeah. time. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> uh, never that. Oh my God. Speaking of jokes that got taken too far, man. 2011 Vegas trip. The knee bomb jokes knee went bomb. way Classic. too far. I just. Yep. <laughs> I'm really way sorry, Steve. Steve Vyskowski, friend of the show. I love you, man. And uh, I'm sorry that I pushed knee bomb so much while your mother-in-law was with us in Vegas. That was too much knee bomb. <laughs> I admit that, that freely, and that's from the negotiator. JT Walsh as knee bomb. Mm -hmm. Just really stuck in my head that day. Uh, Eric, do you remember seeing Superman Returns? This is one of these theater experiences that I'll just never, ever forget. Uh, it's very vivid in my imagination after all these years. I'm sitting there with my friends, my giant tub of popcorn, my big pop, in a capacity <laughs> crowd. The crowd was ready for Superman. It had been so long. Everybody's pumped. The trailer looked good. We got an established director coming off X2, one of the best superhero films up to that date. Everybody's Time. ready. And we're sitting in this theater in this fucking dead air for two <laughs> and a half hours. It's thick, dead air with people squirming, looking at each other, and wondering what the fuck is going on. I remember extremely well, like, when Kevin Spacey's like, like... Like, they're fucking around with the train set, which is like, I timed it. Like, 50 minutes in, the only <laughs> thing our main villain has done is fuck up a train set. Like, he, he takes, like, this two-minute-long pause and goes, wait for it. And the audience is just like, no, we don't want to wait. We're fucking done. We're waiting for something to happen. Like, it, it was dead air. People were pissed. <laughs> oh, that's a excellent retelling. Thank you. That was one of your best, I must say. Uh Oh, by the way, Steve says, to complete my Cinnamon Eye bingo card, I need Brasham to say, I would watch Parker Posey do laundry for X amount of hours. Trust yes, me, I that, will. That is the, uh, the the classic. He likes to watch people do laundry. I don't know. It's a weird <laughs> fetish. But no. I'm, not, I'm not one to judge. Yeah, watch <laughs> Faye Grimm and do your laundry. I don't know if you want to do that. Tide Pods and Parker Posey? No, no, no. no. He, he wants Forget to watch Parker it. Parker Posey oh. do her laundry. That's, that's what he always oh. says. Every time there's a woman that he's attracted to, he says, I can watch her do her laundry yeah. for hours. Winona Ryder, Ryder Parker Posey. Oh, yeah. my God. Mm. <laughs> so specific. Niche Something fetish. so Ooh, sexy downy. about being clean, getting <laughs> clean. Snuggle. Yeah. <laughs> Snuggles! Snuggles! Um, 
Okay, so when I saw... By the way, Parker Posey is in Superman Returns, mm -hmm. which is fun. I saw this movie when it came out in the theater. I was super stoked. Very, very excited for this. And I saw it with my brother. I remember me and Matt went and saw this in the theater. And I remember loving it. I was like, oh, man, so great. I can't wait for a sequel. Uh, Waited a long that, time for that, didn't you? Yeah. They made one. Did, they had one. Yeah, they there had, was... They had one. It came out they, well, in 2019. It, <laughs> did it? Made for TV. It was the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, DC, Arrowverse, whatever. He came back no to play. No shit. Yep, yeah. I never saw it, but back. I'm aware of it. CW. He missed that? Yep. Oh, I did, missed oh, did, it. You, did you miss that on the CW? Yeah, missed that event, event uh, television. I don't, on I don't have CW Plus. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that either. That's interesting. But I, I, I even got a poster. I had this poster. Of this movie, if, if, wow. yeah, the Main Street house we lived in. I had it, a whole wall of posters in that room, and this movie was one of those posters. It really was. So I, I was really into it when it came out. Maybe I was just that desperate. And this is before you were. Yeah, I, I was. I remember, I remember. Yeah, next week's guest, Paul, also was huge. Me and him talked about this movie a lot. He was like, "This is a return to form," and I do remember me and Paul feeling like we were in the minority, but we loved it. We did at the time, maybe because we were just so starved for it. And it's really key here to remember that, yeah, this is, even though it's only 15, 16 years ago, superhero movies were not the norm now. So these were still more unique at the time in 2006. And I, I think it's harder to recognize that now just because, you know, the MCU came out a couple of years after this came out. You're so right. I mean, uh, was it 2010 that Iron Man came out? And, um, oh, wait. Uh, oh, it was 08, yeah, and Batman yeah. Begins was around the same. So, like, between Batman Begins and then Iron Man uh, and, and even, the, even the Ed Norton Hulk movie, which were all around the same time, th those <laughs> all were much more viable, like, true, good superhero movies in a way that, the, that we hadn't seen much of. And um, there, there have been other good ones before it, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I felt like things really turned a corner with those. Yep, that's fair. Uh, Batman Begins came out the year before, so DC was like, okay, we're trying to roll this out. And you know that, uh, was it George Miller wanted to do that whole uh, yeah, Justice League Superman. around this time after Justice this movie came out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, after this movie came out. That was a oh, real yeah. thing that was coming together. Uh, all right, let's talk IMDb rating for this. It's got to be it's gotta be bad, but not like terrible. I feel like it's going to, because it's a nostalgia-heavy a tribute to Christopher Reeve and the original Superman. So I'm going to say it's like a 6-2. Yeah, I was thinking maybe a 6. six Eric? Six. Yeah, 6-3. 6-1. <laughs> it's a 6-1. We're all very close. We're all right there. That's uh, 6.1 with almost 300,000 ratings. It's so. on the lower end of the IMDb scores for movies we've looked at on this show. Okay. Well, I'm trying to think of the lowest one. I know the Annihilators maybe wasn't even rated, so that wasn't fair. But um, that I, was didn't, I wasn't low. on the Blood Diner episode either. So. Blood Diner was in the fives, I believe. Okay. Um, well, yeah, it doesn't have. I mean, this is definitely one of the top ten, top fifteen lower rated movies we've done. On uh, Rotten Tomatoes, seventy four percent from the critics, which is a solid score actually. That's a higher than I yeah. thought. It, yeah, higher than. Yeah. And then 61 from the audience. They like it less. It's barely, barely a, D minus. a buttered tub. It is. It's barely a buttered tub of popcorn on Rotten Tomatoes. From 
the archives of the critics' reviews. Uh, You'll have Destin. This is prime Destin time, I think. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a real brief statement from him. There's got to be one on here. So far, Probably. I've not seen any of our favorites. Uh, okay. I've seen more. No, man, not getting anybody good here. Usually, we get to somebody quick that we love, like Goody Coons. Uh, we've got, uh, here we go, Richard Roper from Ebert and Roper, which is blasphemous. But uh, while I can't call it a home run, I'll say it's a solid base hit. <laughs> That's a oh, lame Lord. review, Roper. Found right. <laughs> it hell. in that day. Uh, let's try this guy. This is a new name. Michael Sragow. Michael Sragow of the Baltimore Sun in 2006 said this. Superman Returns is slavishly reverential and morose. The Passion of the Christ from Krypton with a sad, erratic pulse. Ooh. Yep. Uh, like that. takes me back like... to being fucking depressed holding my 64-ounce fountain drink of Mountain Dew in 2006 <laughs> in the theater. You're big, big pop. Mountain oh, Dew. Shit, that's funny. Yeah. Mountain Dew. Yeah, well, Mountain Dew was big once upon a time. It was. Yeah. We have to understand the power that Mountain Dew held in this country back in 2006. How about Rex Reed, our old pal, oh, said, yeah, strictly for fans on school vacation, period. That's it. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Oh, how about Kurt Loader? We don't always get a Kurt Loader <laughs> review from MTV. You can tell us that what he says, but you have to say it like you're Kurt Loader. Oh, that's really hard to do. Okay, I'll try my best. I, the bittersweet love story is interesting, and the digital action looks as costly as it obviously was. But despite the considerable amount of time that Superman spends flying around the sky, his return never really takes off. Ah, uh, that was pretty good. Okay. Got Matt Pinfield yeah. right, yeah. reporting on this. Tabitha <laughs> Yes, Liquid Television up all night. Where's Kennedy at? Loader was such like a, a long-haired Cronkite who's so just like, I want to be doing something else. I want to be yeah. taken seriously. <laughs> a long-haired Cronkite. That is good. That is really good. Well done. That's funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. There are a lot of reviews for this movie because it was a blockbuster. So it was. Uh, that will happen from time to time. I was really wanting to get Destin on the record here, but not seeing him, guys. I, I really, really think he had something to say, but... Yeah, pretty much. Mick LaSalle of San Francisco Chronicle. An action sequence isn't just about spectacular visions, but about making audiences care about those visuals, about what they mean for the characters. There, Superman Returns comes up short. Okay. I, I, I don't know what he's saying there, that like, He's it's not about the, the visuals, but it is. Well, I think he's saying that, like in an action film such as this, you don't just want set pieces; you want like an emotional connection to to what's happening. You want it to to move the story forward and the character forward, not just to be visually dazzling. Absolutely, man. I mean, here's an example: um, Lois Lane has no lines during her entire introduction and uh, that whole sequence in the plane. They don't even bother to introduce Lois with any like, like fun exchange or anything like that. They just cut to her. She's sitting around on the plane, and then this like twenty-minute-long action scene like uh, proceeds, and like there's nothing. They don't bother. 
it, 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 there's no nuance with these characters at all. They just kind of show up, they stand around, and then they uh, get into these, uh, they, they get in these situations. Unforgivable for Lois, man. You know, I actually have a phrase that we haven't used for our bingo uh, today, which is rats in the wires. Oh, yeah, well, it's been like that for the whole show. <laughs> but I, f- I figured he, you're not in your normal location, Eric, so uh, I understand. It's okay. okay. 49 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. You did bring it up 49 minutes in. That's true. So. But maybe he forgot. It's been a long time. It's not rats in the wires. It's just, just my, you'll, you'll, you'll yeah, hear it later. Fine. You'll it's hear fine. it later. You'll be like, bad. oh, God damn it. It's that, not that yeah, bad. that's why it's not that bad. We would have said something if it was rats in the wires. For those of you that don't know, that is a big accusation. Not quite no, that, but he's not full on rats in the wires. Which we think <laughs> rats in the wires because it sounds like there's rats eating your wires. Rat, rats in the wires is we should show immediately. <laughs> yes, well, that's not fair. That it's not that bad. But the but the movie the movie doesn't have to set everything up because they give us credit. We know who Superman is. We know all the parts and the characters. So. I know maybe you're not saying that either about Lois's introduction, which, you know, the plane sequence is a complete... Remember, this is a tribute to Christopher Reeve and to the original Superman. So there's tons of reimaginings of scenes from the first Superman from 1978 in this movie. I will say... I'm and- surprised you still like it, uh, Mike, because this is classic, like, requel. This is this is Superman 1 and 2's greatest hits, like the movie. Yeah. And usually you're the That's first fair. one to be like, we've seen this shit before. Look at The Force Awakens. You're going to hit all the beats of the original and claim this is a third installment. And it's also kind of weird to skip the third and fourth one. But anyway, they did it. Look, to respond to that, this movie was the, to me, actually bothers me because it's fan service the movie before fan service became a thing this movie is the origin story of fan service in modern hollywood filmmaking in my mind and yes that that does bother me it's like yeah we have seen all that before but when i originally liked it back then it had been so long and it was a different time and place so i was like okay i'm actually cool with this but now in 2022 there's been so many redo redones re you know reawakenings that it's so played out but when this came out at that time back then i was excited and i can see why people enjoy these tributes and fan service because it does it hits nostalgic buttons within your uh your board if you will i will i will that's that's fine so um what do we like about this movie <laughs> Let's start there. Um, I thought Brad Roth was a good Superman. I did. I thought it's, it's not hard to play Superman in my mind. He's there. He doesn't have to say a lot with emotion because Superman's supposed to be stoic and chill in a way, at least the way he's been created on screen many times before. So I give him a pass. He's not Christopher Reeve, but I give him a B as Superman. Isn't he doing like a Christopher Reeve impersonation, though, especially as Clark? Of course. Kent? Yeah. Yeah. All the way. I thought he was very skinny and boyish. Um, for Superman, for me, I, when mm. I think soups, I think <sighs> barrel chested. Like I, to me, Henry Cavill has not had like the the, um, the the like the kind of charming moments that Ralph gets here. I think that 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 are very true to what Superman should be. But as far as look goes, I mean, Cavill hits it in my mind. But so did Reeve. Reeve and did too, pit- but. But I think Cavill even more personally, um, in ter- just in terms of looking like the because he looks like a fucking comic book character. The guy's chest is like, yeah, I mean it's like a <laughs> ping pong table, it's giant <laughs> and flat. That's fair. Yeah, no, Randy you're right Ralph. about that. 
I kind of uh, think I think Brandon Routh did the absolute best he could with what he was given. That's I mean that's all there is to it. He's mm. he's got the earnest nature to him. He's warm, and he can definitely pull off like the aloofness of Clark in a way that doesn't wholly seem like mimicry. It's kind God of his own it. thing. I totally but... thought you meant Ernest P. Whirl. <laughs> no, he's doing an earnest impression the entire time. Talks about Vern when he's talking to Lois. No, I like Brandon Routh in the movie. I don't like that they. I don't like the costume at all. I think the costume looks really stupid. I hate that they were kind of ashamed of the bright red and like had to make it maroon and like 2006 ish. I think that was a mistake. That's what I like about the Mar- Marvel movies. They're not ashamed of their source material. If you got a big bombastic colorful character, they make it big and bombastic. Here, we've got to mute we got to make it muted. It's too uh, we can't have it too bright. It's fucking got to be somber. I think the costume's dumb, but I think he does a, a nice job with what he's given. Yeah. I think it is extra good as Clark Kent. Personally. Oh, he's a great Clark Kent. Yeah, yes. I think he's, I think he's a better Clark than Supes. And not only is this a a tribute film, it, I guess it's a sequel. It's supposed to be that Superman returns because he left uh, based off the original Superman's minus two, three, and four, right? Minus three and four. Yeah, yeah, as you said earlier. So, yeah, we pick up from that story, which is a big leap. It's a big gap for a sequel. And Lex Luthor, everyone's been changed. They're all played by new people, of course, because it's a movie that (laughs) takes place many decades later. But I think Kevin Spacey is Lex Luthor, and I know uh, he's canceled. I understand that, but... I would say that I liked his Luther. I don't think he tried to be too goofy like Jesse Eisenberg did, where he tried to be the Joker slashes the Riddler slash all these things mixed in one. <laughs> I thought uh, Spacey's Luther was solid. It was he was very self-referential and like wink wink with a lot of stuff. But I didn't think since the character was designed that way anyways to have a massive ego that it didn't not make sense to me. Yeah, I, I think that we've addressed uh, the the problems with Kevin Spacey enough, and other movies, uh, other episodes we did his movies. We don't need to spend too much time on that. Everyone understands he's a scumbag. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> I do think that he made a perfect sense to play Lex Luthor uh, at the time, um, as as I mean, he was kind of the um, the the um, Gene Hackman of that of 2006 or so, and that he was like. Someone that people could take seriously, but also was funny. It could be funny. Could play like a bombastic asshole. So I, I think it definitely made sense. I do. I agree with Eric that there's like he does. Lex Luthor's always been kind of a problem for me as a villain goes because it's like so he's smart and rich, but like he doesn't have like the skills of Batman. So it's like yeah. what is he? He's just kind of like buying his time until he could find this super rare material that he constantly comes up across. Uh, you know, in his oh life. boy! Um, yeah. yeah, you know, so it's like I've always, and, and then so all of a sudden, like he's a very unthreatening character through most of the movie, despite all of his yelling and stuff. And then he's like yeah. kicking the fucking shit and and yes. crypto shanking uh, Superman. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, whoa, this is like the movie's taking a sudden turn. Like he doesn't seem villainous enough in in a lot of ways, but he's he is, I think, more overtly villainous than than Gene Hackman was because uh, as much as I love Gene Hackman. As much as I love those first two movies, I do feel like he's a little bit like too nice, like too like friendly. Like he's like he's yep. just like I never mm-hmm. bought him as a villain exactly. I like him like, mm-hmm. well, he seems like an okay guy. I'd, I'd hang out with him. Um <laughs> Kevin Spacey clearly is a dick. Clearly, yes. I love and... the way uh Kevin Spacey plays Lex Luthor. 
Um, I've never cared about Lex Luthor. It's like, who cares? He's smart. Like, he, yet again, we're going to do another land scheme. We're going to do land again. Who gives a fuck about land? It's supposed to be a continuation, um, so, though. So it makes sense, technically, because it's a continuation of his character. Dude. It is. Yeah. You keep saying that, but you're like, you're wanting more of the same, Mike. Like, and everything that happens, you keep wanting more of the same. Like, the reason. Oh, I don't say Lex I like it. I'm just a, saying it makes sense. I think the reason that Lex works as a great villain in the late 70s is because the limitations of effects. I mean,. You couldn't really convincingly do a Brainiac or like a Bizarro or a Doomsday or, or a Dark Side back then. So you yeah. had to rely on a great actor, like doing something relatively minimal. Um, but I love the way Kevin Spacey plays this because this is a Lex Luthor that, yeah, is the same as Gene Hackman's in the 70s. But he did five years of hard time. So he's got more of this menace to him and it's fucking personal. And he... He's not really clowning around. He's got a very, very personal vendetta against Superman, and he's fucking pissed. He is. Yeah, Papa's pissed. Absolutely. With all due respect. Remember, this is Brian Singer, who's also canceled. Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey. They had a long relationship already, going back to the usual suspects. And Brian Singer had done work here on the X-Men franchise, which had exploded this time, so... It looks like he's like, wow, you know what? Uh, I did some pretty good stuff with the X-Men franchise. I can clearly do the same thing for Superman, and I'm going to get carte blanche by, from Hollywood to do this movie. And what you end up having is a bloated mess, I guess. Because, look, I, I know people get pissed about the lack of action in this movie and that it's Superman's love story or Superman emo, you know, emo Superman. We've I've heard a lot of these. I've seen all these headlines and stories about it before. But... You know, they try to tell a story that doesn't involve endless violence. It, is it supposed to be always action-packed because he's a superhero? I don't know. I, I do think that if we're going to mention Singer and X-Men, we I mean, it's a little obvious, but we have to bring up the fact that James Marsden uh, left... The, the 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 or was actually was killed off of X Men three in a very like terribly stupid way. Yes. So he could come to this movie and I guess so that he could play a character that him and Superman just cuck each other. I guess of <laughs> 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 the movie super cuck and regular cuck. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he plays Perry White's nephew. By the way, played by Frank Langella. Awesome Perry oh, White. Yeah. By the way, that's yeah. part of the movie. Great Perry White. Yeah. What about James Kate Bosworth Marsden. though? We haven't oh, talked oh, about Jesus. Oh, oh, go ahead, <laughs> please. Dude. Sounds... I'm sorry, dude. Okay, you're going to have Brandon Ralph take all this time to be both directed and pretty much kind of do his homework to be the, um, a Christopher Reeve, like incarnate. And then you're going to have Kate Bosworth come in and not remind you one iota of the great Margot Kidder, the intrepid, spunky, uh, plucky reporter we knew from those first movies it's like a completely different character drowsy sleepwalks through her scenes this is not lois bitter pissed um look uh, okay i was kind of going to save this for the end but brandon routh came out of nowhere to do this movie and since he did this movie he did what we referred to a moment ago the uh the arrowverse what have you thing CW plus has he done any other films whatsoever yeah, uh, Zach and Mary uh, make Dylan a Doug. porno 
Okay, so a handful. He had like he had like there was like oh is he gonna be a thing? We'll put him in our movie just in case. And then he wasn't yeah. a thing. <laughs> All right, and then Kate Bosworth. What is she from again? I remember her from the Rules of Attraction as Attraction. somebody that Vanderbeek has sex with one night. Yes. And after that, I get hazy. Okay. So I think I'm making my point already. Like these people were were probably not ready or the best people to lead a film. Oh! Uh, I've got the words flat and wooden written in my margin here. That's yeah, them. Well, That's but a, that brings up her. So Go that ahead. brings up a point I wanted to mention about casting because this this is casted by the legendary Marion Doherty. Sure. Well, uh, that's past, surprising. Yeah, we are, right? Like, past prime? Is the prime gone by? Well, Maybe this was too little too late? Maybe, Michael, uh... Come on, uh, casting he, directors, no, they wrangle actors, they do supporting roles, but this is straight from Brian Singer. Uh, Kevin Spacey suggested Kate Bosworth after they worked together on Beyond the Sea, which is a fine film. Uh, and then Brian Singer took him up on the suggestion after some auditions. But, I mean, it, Kate Bosworth is all of 22 in this role. In 2006, Ooh. as Lois Lane. That's so let's young. wind back the clock. Clark left five years ago, so she would have been about 17 if we're taking her actual age into account here. What's so automatically we got some problems. <laughs> then go back even further than that. You can't have no history. This is she looks like a kid. The and timing's way like off. Kid. Give me a break with this. Well, and if she had like the the charm and <laughs> the like um, the charisma yeah. to, to pull no this off. Nothing. Then it would make then it would make sense, but like uh, I'm like she's just a dour and um, unfun through Look that movie. I, I, just baffling choice. Of, of <laughs> <laughs> we got a uh, early Cal Penn in here playing one of uh, Luther's uh, minions. He's playing Play, the heavy. Uh, yeah, he's the nerdy heavy. Apparently, uh, the brains behind the big brains, if you will. Guy behind the guy. Uh, Marlon Brando archive footage. I wonder how the. Uh, Oh, my old pals there from the original Superman's, the, uh, the Salkins feel about that. I wonder if they, yeah. how much money do the Salkins get because they used that Brando footage, which was completely unnecessary. I know they're trying to homage back to the original, but it's just to throw well, it in there. If if you don't have the Brando footage in there, can you beat us about the face with the Christ imagery as, as easily? If you don't sure. have him, if you don't have Marlon intoning, I gave my one and only but forgotten son. Um, if you don't have him <laughs> doing that, do we do we know that there's Christ metaphors <laughs> happening here? Because otherwise, uh, I don't know. It's so subtle. <laughs> Amanda says both leads were the it people, and both fizzled. They sure did. It didn't work out. But it's yeah. There's also beats of Christopher Nolan in this movie where you get repeated lines like. Those lines from Brando about the father becomes the son through his eyes and blah, blah. So to me, that's always a Nolan classic. They love repeating lines that happened earlier in the movie to just because they're bad at writing scripts, the Nolans are, even though they're incredible. Christopher Nolan's a great filmmaker, but questionable dialogue writer. Questionable so, dialogue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so of course, it's, there's Christ metaphors because Superman himself basically has always been this Christ-like figure in the way he was created and how his inception happened. And all. He gets so, stabbed in the side, and then fucking Lex Luthor does the Christ yeah, pose. Yep. He gets the Christ <laughs> pose again when he's falling from space. It's like, how many Christ poses can we shove into this movie? Yeah. <laughs> and the, it's a cloudy mess over the seas until Superman comes in through the sky yep. as it opens like, oh. oh. 
Yeah, that's true. Let's I'm not, not surprised forget. with all that shit. This kid is the, is the future savior. I mean, yeah. talk about on the nose. This fucking kid. The second we got a problem here. The second this kid shows up, we got a twofer. When a kid shows up in a movie, that's a problem, number one. Then two, when the kid has the inhaler, you know you're fucked. Yeah. He's going to have to get the inhaler later on. They're not going to be able to find it. Get this trash out of here. <laughs> yeah, we all knew Superman's kid. The, the oh, least yeah. shocking reveal was that piano murder because it was just, they kept lingering on the kids so much of nice one, try dude of, of the murder of one of the joker's henchmen i guess is who that yeah. guy is, is that how I, I thought it was an insane clown posse reference uh, but you're right yeah i, I don't know it's, he drinks a lot of fago off screen i don't know yeah and what oh travis yeah, i wonder how pissed you'd be about this you haven't brought it up yet about how the one dog eats the other dog well, believe me that? I've got two notes on that, and I was going to save it for That's my um, wrap-up and notes that oh, okay. came up. But yes, oh, believe yeah. me, I took fucking note of what a hilarious joke it is that this Pomeranian had to consume its uh, mate. And also, Lex Luthor is not responsible responsible for that Pomeranian. There's a whole house of people there that loved that woman that walked out and left those Pomeranians there. And then the movie ends with a, with a joke that Lex Luthor is going to eat the survivor Pomeranian. I'm like, oh, what a hilarious joke. Audiences love it when you kill adorable dogs in brutal ways <laughs> off screen. They, they always have. That's why I figured you uh, would really you, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I'm baffled. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I, this script has me scratching my head. I, I like Mike Doherty and Dan Harris, dude. You know I love Trick or Treat, but this thing goes through six rewrites. This is a fucking $250 million movie, and there's so many fucking baffling choices here this kid okay this is supposed to be like part three this is a return and you're already like sticking superman with a kid like even if they <laughs> did make a sequel or it made a new trilogy this kid's not going anywhere so you're yeah. just gonna like have this like family around for for whatever movies you possibly have in the future it just does not work maybe in a trilogy <laughs> capper to like send him off with something to look forward to but like in in this return, come on with this. Well, I've got I've got questions too. Um, so is it that kryptonite is not dangerous if you saw it, but if you drop it in water, then there's a big problem? I, I missed that I... it turns into an EMP. That was kryptonite, right? Or is that a Fortress of Solitude crystal? Which I guess it was a crystal different. that made the okay, EMP. Well, happen, then that, but... then that gets my that that's my next point. Then so. The Fortress of Solitude, all you got to do is walk up into it. And then... Yeah, you don't need a uh, tugboat to like bust. You don't need a, a iceberg buster either. You can just yeah. take your yacht, your beautiful yacht, right up to this Arctic Isle and walk right, right in. And just walk right in, right use in. the material, grab the uh, first crystal at random. But like mm -hmm. anybody, just anybody could fucking walk in and do this. I get it's the Arctic and not everyone goes up there. But like... <laughs> That's it. Good. Like it's just yeah. it's just hanging out there like a like a like a bank vault just yeah. hanging open. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that scene was cool though. That I did. I always love that scene, even though the movie was not great. The whole bank scene of those robbers, it looked cool, and it still looked good to me oh, watching yeah, it with cool. the bullet to the eye and yeah. him taking all those Gatling gun bullets to the chest. That That's was cool. that was actually a kind of tiny taste of what this movie could have been, maybe. 
It's yeah, cool. But that yeah, moment but is 50, I think I clocked it at like 50 minutes in. Oh. 50 minutes in, our big set pieces are a fucking train set falling apart <laughs> and Parker Posey like fucking driving around with no brakes. In a summer blockbuster about Superman, that's the two action pieces in the first hour? Okay, and for one, I guess the shooter doesn't understand. The guy that shoots him in the eye doesn't know how Superman works. Like, welcome to no. Earth. He's never heard of Superman. Um, and the other thing is when the fucking <laughs> that train thing is blowing up, we get screams from the toys. The toys are <laughs> yeah! all screaming. Yeah. They're, all, like, they're all actually screaming. Like, that's so... The toys were screaming. Dumb. No one on that plane screaming, mind you, but the toys are. Oh, you know who's oh, yeah. not screaming? <laughs> Is, is is Kate Bosworth's head being banged again? Like when she's in that plane, her, she's just going oh, yeah. all over the place. No she's around back and forth, not bloodied up a bit. But like, and then like towards the end of the movie, she's on a boat and now she's getting banged around again. I'm like, what vehicle will she be banged around in next? This, <laughs> oh my God. Every major set piece of this movie, she's just getting the shit kicked out of her. <laughs> I do like the, uh, okay, that, that's our, also Steve says, win a date with Tad Hamilton. These are the movies these people were in if you're desperate to try to fill the void on Bosworth and such. Wow. But yeah. I did like, the intro's cool, man. I like the intro. It goes through all the planets and through, like, the universe. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, promising. I'm like, okay, we get a little Brando intro with that intro. I'm excited. But it's really weird how Superman crashes in a plane, first off. By the way, if we see Superman in space, why does he need a plane? Can't he just fly fast as fuck to anywhere in space? It's a minor detail. And where but, did he get the plane, I guess? Yeah, where did he get this ship? Uh, it's a Kryptonian ship. And he has a suit, a silver suit that he... I don't know where he got that either. And then, this is so dumb, but I have to mention it. When okay. he crashes and Ava Marie, Ava St. Marie mm -hmm. goes to mm -hmm. find him out there, he, like, taps her on the shoulder to show that he's awake <laughs> and then dies. Like, I, like oh, ugh. Like you, if you were out cold, you would. I, it was so stupid, but like, it's just lame. It's an example right off the bat of the lack of eye for detail. For such detail about the older films and trying to recreate those scenes, there's just endless, endless amounts of errors and stupidity. Just filled. It's rife with stupidity and poor efforts. Legendary Oscar-winning actress Eva Marie Saint, who I love in On the yeah. Waterfront and uh, North by Northwest. And you don't give her any, hardly any nah. dialogue with Clark. There's no exchange about what did you find out there? Did you find what you were looking for? There's no, <laughs> oh, Pa Kent would have said this. There's nothing yeah. between them. Incredible. And yet we I mean, get like 30 minutes of Kitty Kowalski running around with a fucking dog. I mean, Instead, <laughs> it's so baffling. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, like, you're, you're, you've hit it, man. Like, you've got Eva Marie Saint, and mm -hmm. you're not using her. Like, I mean, that's, you are using a, gold encrusted uh, can opener here or something. It's like sure. completely, like you're not, it's like you've got this great tool and you're not using it the way you're supposed to. It's just bizarre. Yeah. And what is the deal? So Kitty, what is this person? Like all she does is she hates Lex Luthor. Why does she spend time with this she's guy? She's Miss Tessmacher. Remember, yeah, when, but she's, remember the originals? But, yeah. Miss but she's not anymore. Dunk. She's, she's, she's Kitty assistant. now. Like she's it's there just, to like do the daily operations that like Lex can't do. I know but it doesn't make any sense in the film because everything he does she's against and she's like why am I doing this all she does is hate him there isn't any moments of love or even a hint of like oh I could see a real connection here yeah. it's no, really right. a bogus relationship and the first two there's like she's like this pretty bimbo but also has like the, the she's like the moral center that's that's missing from um 
from Lex Luthor's life, I think. So well, she also goes into it, Travis, and then like pulls back later. Like she's into his plan and then turns in the older yeah. ones. And this one, I never see a saying. hint of that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the old ones, she's, she serves this function because she's kind of like playing off of that with by, by actually having morality. Okay. And, he, and here we see that there's like a little bit of a moral struggle because I guess she shrugs when Sp- Superman recognizes her. Like, I, I don't know. They're really, and, and then like after, I don't know, several weeks of this plan, she's like, like right before it's about to be executed, she's like, so billions, billions of people really are going to die? Like, now you're concerned about this? It's about Dude. to happen. Which brings me to another point. What the fuck is his plan again? He wants to, like, drown America down. so, so yeah, that he could have... Down. He wants to drown America so that there's land in America. <laughs> yeah, we need one of those honest trailer rundowns of a bad guy's plan. That's what we need. He thinks I literally people are going to buy beachfront real estate on this fucking Arctic chunk of rock that takes up you know, people are going to support it you like who is going to support this finance uh, this real estate endeavor like made <laughs> created by a megalomaniac you got fucking people leaving twitter because of elon now think about people who are going to live on this rock that that a, a fucking megamaniacal maniac killed billions of people to create its plan's not going to work no well, he wants I, his I, cut i have officially deactivated my twitter so anyone that oh, uh, used to follow me like bye <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still doing what it does every day. People are pissed. Oh, people yeah, post yeah. things. Nobody cares. But Nobody look, cares. there's Ooh, so much that this movie does to try to get us to buy into this big philosophical struggle. Like, do we need Superman to survive? Is the world better off without Superman? Because we could do things ourselves. They shove the shit down your throat with Lois's challenge and her contrived yeah. uh, inner crisis about, oh, I wrote this article, won a Pulitzer for it, but now he's back, and oh my God, what was I thinking? It, I it doesn't... Lady boner. I, yeah, yeah, I got no interest. It, it doesn't suck me into the movie anymore. If anything, I'm just like, oh, God, this Here's is getting why. kind of annoying. Because they don't bother to write an interesting scene where Lois explains her points about her Pulitzer Prize winning report. We don't get any dialogue about how she feels and why the world doesn't need Superman. We're just wow. meant to believe that it was a great report that won the Pulitzer. Fucking dog mm. shit. Well, is there enough time in the two and a half hours that this film is to do all the things oh, that we're yes! discussing? Thank you. Thank you for saying that. that was the whole point when you guys, you made a point earlier about how there wasn't any of this or that. That's because they already cut this down. Who knows how much shit was on the floor? Like a, this is a four-hour movie minimum with all the directions and all of these stories they're trying to encompass, and it's just not—it's not reality. Like like Cal Penn's characters, for example, he's supposed to have this background as a former science reporter at the Daily Planet who became bitter, and it's like, where the fuck are you gonna fit that in? I mean, get the fuck out of here. Where's we don't have time that? for. Min- I, I saw it on IMDb for the trivia. Like it was, oh. it was something that was a backstory for his character. Every character's got a backstory that we sure. often, a lot of times, we just never even hear about. But it, yeah. to me, it's an example of there's so <laughs> much to cover <laughs> when really all people wanted to see was Superman come back on the screen and do some fun shit. And people probably would have been more pleased. No, we want Super Kid for an hour of screen time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, when he does finally fight the bank robbers, I'm like, thank fucking God, he's fighting crime. <laughs> finally, an hour into the movie, they're going to have Superman fight finally. crime. Finally, an hour in. Yeah, you're we right, get man. The whole... So much cut. Like, one interesting thing that they cut, and I'm scratching my head, is the fact that uh, Lex orchestrated this supposed return or presence of Krypton that sent Superman away. So that's a really interesting thing for Lex to have done to get rid of his adversary. 
And then they don't bother to mention it. It's like a throwaway line like, oh, there's some rumors that Krypton is still there, so that's why Superman left. Come on, oh, man. I that's didn't, I didn't pick up I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> there's there's nuggets that are fun. Like when they show him thinking back to his childhood of being a teenager and jumping and running that. across Smallville. That's fun. Cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah, look at that. That looks pretty good actually, even for being sixteen years old. But again, it's just too little of these moments that are fun. With Superman, it can be a fun character. He yeah. often is a he like he cracks jokes and he mm-hmm. is more upbeat. Only I mean, like only Christopher Reeves' films has 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 that been presented to us really? I think uh, in yeah. live action. I mean, we've not even in this. Like we still don't. I mean, that that's the only I think like whimsical kind of Superman mm-hmm. that we've gotten. And and they kind of try for that in this. But they don't quite land on it. Instead, they just kind of turn Clark and like they they focus too much on his bumblingness instead of like um, the fact that that's a an act that he's putting on. Mm-hmm, it seems more mm-hmm. like he's actually kind of just like a misfit and a fuck up. Mm-hmm. Lois is smoking. <laughs> Let me totally creep on her, then come and tell her on this disastrously disastrously obvious set piece of a of a of a mountain or of a uh, building. Like a, the you know, rooftop, the, the rooftop. It's just so. <laughs> oh my god! It's such a fucking stage, and and then and the, and the, and he's like watching her with her family. Like for one, really good job with X-ray vision and like how X like that long distance hearing works. I think they do a good job of showing yeah. us how that yeah, would work. Cool. But then then like the reality is like, well, shit, Soups is a creep. Like he's just <laughs> creeping. It's it's un, it's inappropriate. Go home. Well, there's, there's some challenges now with the X-ray vision and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Maybe that doesn't hold up as a skill, but holy crap. Oh, my God. Time's flown by here. We got to get a few more uh, jabs in here again. <laughs> Parker Posey's good. Frank Jell is good. Even James Marsden's good in his character, but there's way too much of that character. Like the fact that he left the X-Men for this role as Perry White's nephew makes sense to me now because he's way too much in the movie for a Superman movie. Yep. This nephew yep. guy, James Marsden's yep. in it too much. And I love James yeah. Marsden. I'm not yeah. against him. Oh, I love him too. He's but like, why? Why? why, is why? There I remember so much sitting in the theater like, stop cutting to him. We don't give a fuck. Now, granted, it'd be very easy to make him actually a dickhead, and then maybe he's aligned with Lex. But yeah, he's just kind of a nice guy that Clark has to compete with. <laughs> That's a good point. They didn't go down that road. I'll give him credit for that. I'll give him credit for that too. But also, it's like, well, then where's the tension? I guess I guess yeah. the tension comes yeah. in, in in the fact that like. I guess if he's a nice guy, then you don't really want Lois to cheat on him with Superman, and you, and then you get Superman being more emo. But uh. <laughs> so they, I mean, yeah, so they created a love triangle for us, and 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 actually they did good in this casting because not a lot of people could make you like the character. I think I think that I do like the character. Like it, it, at least he seems like a like a good person the character seems like a good person so like in that respect i don't like have it out for him i don't i'm not like oh i hope that superman takes her away you know superman dies he falls to earth and he's really gonna die guys it's just like they did in the goddamn yeah why do they do this to us even the new ones they did it where superman died at the end of batman v superman we know he's not dead come on you're, you're taking one of the most unkillable characters and every time you put him on screen, you're going to pretend like you've killed him. Like, we're ever going to fucking fall for that. Like, we're ever going to believe that. Come yeah, on, they, man. Again, there's points with that piece, too, where the, they try to put the syringe in his skin and the needle bends. Those are cool moments that actually show that the people who made this seem to understand 
the character and how he works, but they chose so many directions that don't make sense. And when you look at it all in the end, I look around and I'm like, geez, uh, this is supposed to be a good time. And even if it wasn't a good time, I'm down with a more soulful kind of introspective Superman. I'm not against that, but it just doesn't add up when you start to look at the way him and Lois interact and how he interacts with the world around him. It's, it, it's really strange. Very strange. I don't know. I, I guess maybe we've said it all. Should we do our rounds? I got to tell yeah. you, one more, one more thing that I did. Yeah. Man, I've been really trashing this, but... Um, I, I, I love the way it looks. I think Newton Thomas Siegel, who is a super underrated uh, DP, Drive, Three Kings, Crouching Tiger. Uh, I think the film looks gorgeous. I love like this uh, soft kind of like romantic glow to everything. I think it fits the material. Um, yeah. So I think the film looks beautiful, and the CG for 2006 is smooth and cool. It doesn't look like everything's a cartoon. Like, the plane sequence, I'm making fun of it, but, like, I think some of those shots are fucking awesome. Like, when he gets under the nose and he's trying to stop it, I think that is really, really cool. It's just It does look good. Well, there's also some moments where he very much looks out of, like, it's a green screen. He looks, like, very much like, 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 like local weather. be tricky. Local weather. But I do love, there's this one moment in the, that opening bit where I'm like, well, honestly, if he was holding the wing like that, it would rip off. And then it rips off. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. well, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that CG looked outstanding for yeah being 16 years old now. It doesn't look terrible to me. I didn't notice anything glaring. But mm-hmm. when I... When he lands that plane and the way it crumples down, there's just yeah. these moments where you're like, oh, yeah. that's awesome. And that's that how cool. force would work. And yeah. you're like, okay, you understand this. But then they'll go to the next scene after that, and they don't understand anything. I mean, having <laughs> Superman hang out floating in the sky while they're having this discussion about, did you really bang Superman five years ago or not? <laughs> What's the story there? And he's listening in. Of course, if I was Superman, I'd want to know too. If I was obsessed with Lois Lane or I loved her, I would exploit yeah. my powers as much as I could to try to get as much information as possible. It's it makes he sense to me. Up. He backs off. Yeah, it he backs yeah. off, but in the end, he's okay. I'll just go into it then. Is that it? Was there yeah, any other note? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I I loved this movie when it came out, and I was really into it. But now we live in a different world, and when I see it now. It doesn't move as quickly. To me, this movie is long, but it always flew by for me. It was very fast. To me, it was quick. I'm like, oh, wow, man, that movie flew by. But now it looks slower. It feels slower. It drags. And the acting, I was younger. Maybe I've just got a more keener eye now. You know, I've been around. I've seen a lot more movies. And it it's not great. It, and I never thought about that before. I just accepted it back then because... I was 26 years old when it came out. So if Kate Bosworth was 22, I'm like, okay, whatever, great, yeah, who cares? But Kate Bosworth is poor, but she's not bad. I'm not going to say she's bad, though. I think no. she's okay. She's okay as Lois. But yeah, she. I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, she's she's not bad. It's. Just has nothing I don't, to do. <laughs> she, has, she has a lot to do where she's always pushing for other stories. That's one other thing about. The movie as well at Lois and the part of her that's always looking for the real story. They stay true to that in this movie. So they do do that. And I'm going to give them credit for that. She's always looking at what's really going on, not the surfacey stuff. And it's actually kind of a, it's a fascinating and curious look at the world today about what's really going on and what's the real story as opposed to what we see on the surface with misdirection and all that stuff. 
I, I actually find that interesting, but it, it's a Superman movie. This isn't a WAPO procedural, okay? So we're not trying to, like, uh, solve a mystery through the newspaper solely. The newspaper should just be one bit part of the overall film. And I guess when I watch it this time, I actually get a little bit caught up when he's being beat to hell on that alien crypto thingy that Luther made, and I do feel bad for him, but other than that, there's too much dragged out, and I guess this movie doesn't hold up. I don't think it does, and it's not its not just because of it's made with people who are canceled or made by someone who's a scumbag or who assaults people. That Those are awful things in of themselves alone, but if I look, and I always try to do this with these movies here because we want to give credit to other people who didn't do terrible things who worked on these films. It's always important for me to recognize that, hey, whoever the best boy was or the catering service, they were good people, so I don't want them to suffer for the acts of the ultimate scumbag who directed or co-starred in this, but it's nothing to save. It doesn't hold up. Um, I'll, I'll jump in next, I guess. Um, the movie tries so ha- hard to have heart, you know, um, and, and to have that be like a grounding um, thing, like that it has like this wholesomeness to it. So I respect that it tries to have that, but that's a hard, that's a hard note to hit. There's this one moment towards the end of the film when he's in his coma and she kisses him while he's asleep and then his heart beats. And I'm like, Jesus fucking saccharine Christ, you know, like <laughs> um, it's just grown worthy, you know. So <clears throat> even like the, the moments, <laughs> the moments that they're that that they really want to land don't. Um, there are I mean, there are some parts that do the, the the plane crumpling, like you said. There are like there are some moments that do land. Don't get me wrong, but like watching that stupid ass train set scene go on for like fifteen <laughs> minutes, I'm like, what yeah. is happening here? And and you know, Steve made a uh, guile or, or in his email earlier today and uh, made his a comment about me. Um, uh, folding laundry when I when I'm watching movies, which I must have made a, a offhanded comment about that or something because I don't I don't ordinarily do that. Um, ordinarily, when I watch these movies for our show, I'm I'm pretty pretty clocked in with the you know the paper and pencil and all that stuff. This movie easily was the movie I took my phone out the most. I just kept on having to set it down Dang. and be like, oh, "Fuck, sorry, I forgot. I gotta like pay attention." But I was bored to tears. It was <laughs> fucking boring. <laughs> Um, I gotta wonder, man. Did you think Damn. it was gonna hold up? Because I knew it wasn't going to. You said last week, I'm like, well, fuck me. That's I was dreading it all week. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta watch Superman. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it when I came out, and I was yeah. a supporter of it for years. Yeah, so it was worse than I remember. Change. It was worse, worse than, than you remember. remember. Yeah, oh, wow. it definitely does not hold up. It's interesting that the film actually outgrossed Batman Begins. Wow. Uh, we perceive that as being a hit that was absolutely deserved of a greenlit sequel immediately. And yet this made more money of it, and then all buzz just died down. Uh, and I, Here's a pun for you. Superfluous. I mean, that that's the movie. It's just unnecessary. You know, uh, Brian Singer, he said that he was not going to make the movie if he couldn't get the rights to John Williams' original classic score. Which so good. That kind of says it all. This is nothing but homage. Mm. It's a love letter to two older films. Uh, and, and it's it's like fan fiction. It's like fan fiction <laughs> that would never yeah. be sanctioned by a studio normally. Yeah. 
Okay, I, I, I sit here and I'm like, how did this get greenlit? This story, it's just nothing but a, a, a guy wanting to like harken back to some of the movies that he enjoyed as a kid, and they dump all this money on him. It's morose. It's sappy. It's sad. It's bloated. It's baffling in its choices. In the original, Superman has a pendant of kryptonite on him, and he nearly dies. Now he can lift a fucking continent of it and like be fine doing it. It's strange, and you ha- you have these this these opportunities. You have great special effects when he goes up and gets the power of the sun. That's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. And for me, anybody who thinks this is a great movie is just focusing on those moments, uh, these great visuals. Uh, but they're not they're not taking into account how ridiculous this story is and unnecessary, man. We've seen all of this in that first one. Man, I think it plays better on the small screen. I'll tell you that. Like <laughs> in the theater, I told you before, like everybody was fucking groaning. It was dead air. <laughs> But on the small screen, there was some stuff I could appreciate because I, it, the spectacle didn't seem so pronounced to me. Uh, so I, I wasn't really bored. I was just disappointed with a lot of these choices, man. Uh, and I think its heart is in the right place, but doesn't hold up. It's not worth returning to. Yep. Steve says, this is pissed. <laughs> pissed ahead of watch this movie. <laughs> maybe we should have known this from the start when it said produced by John Peters. So, uh, yeah, yeah, key, yeah. key, key fact there. Right there. <laughs> I, I'm sure he wasn't involved, but he probably just had the rights. Uh, I recall that being the case, uh, but whatever. Yeah, that was a big sign. Fan service, the movie doesn't hold up, and uh, shows you that sometimes it's not going to work out. It just not every homage needs to be done, or nor will it be done well. So there you go. That's this week's show. Before we go, we got to get Travis to reveal. Next week's guest host, the one and only Paul Freeling. What's Paul got in store for us next week? This guy well, knows movies. He knows movies. He's he's a he's a movie guy. Um, and he is cho- he chose a, like he went back and forth on a few movies. And, and and like you, Mike, I didn't really guide him one way or the other. I just kept on telling him like, you know, there's a deadline. Just whatever you tell me last is what I'll go with. That's right. Um, and he finally settled on a movie. And once he settled on it, he was like good for like weeks. And I even checked in like the day before. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yes, I'm very sure. I'm like, okay. And the movie he's chosen is one that was always going to be on this show. I think that when we started this podcast, we were like, at some point, we're going to get around to this movie. And I think that it makes a great deal of sense that our old friend Paul Freeling will be joining us to discuss 1999's Fight it. Club. I knew it. Oh, I was boy. Just say, there it I is. It. We always yeah. knew someday yeah. we'll be we on this it. show. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get into Fight it. Yeah. Time to get into it. I haven't, I haven't seen it in a long time. In a while. It makes sense to revisit. Kind of worried. It. Yeah. That's partly why I haven't revisited in a long worried. time. Kind of worried. So, <sighs> yeah, totally thought, makes sense. Yeah. yeah it's it's a good call by Paul. Hey, away. Paul. Good call, Paul. Good call, Paul. My name's Paul, and this shit's between y'all. All All right, there it is. That's this week's episode of the Cinema 9 Podcast. We thank you for listening or watching. Subscribe to our YouTube. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you use Spotify, you can click the five-star thing, and that's all you got to do. But just remember that the show is better with you than it is without you. And getting people like Steve to chime in with Better Call Paul comments in the live chat, that's a good thing. Thank you, Steve. Great to have you here, my friend. And I guess that's going to do it for Travis, Eric, and I called Michael. We'll catch you later. Great Caesar's ghost. (laughs) Perfect.